Welcome to the Minder Podcast. This thing about me doing theme tunes has all been because people have asked me. I've got a good idea. It's not part of the contract or anything like that. Episode 3 of the Minder podcast in association with Minder.org. This episode features an interview with Gerard Kenny. As I'm sure most, if not all, Minder fans will know, each episode closes with the credits that feature the classic still where you can see lyrics by Waterman and music by Kenny. Gerard Kenny is the man responsible for the music behind the classic Minder theme tune. And as such, I thought it would be fantastic to get an insight on creation of the classic theme tune. Gerard gives this and an awful lot more. Gerard gives this and an awful lot more, giving an insight into George Cole and Dennis Waterman as well. Gerard has had a great career in his own right, releasing several albums and singles under his own name. And he's also written songs that were recorded by the likes of Shirley Bassey, Barry Manilow, James Last and many other classic singers. So it's a real honour to speak to Gerard and get his insight into Minder, because it's not something he's spoken about very often. So please do enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. The theme is obviously enduring, and is is a huge part of what made the show. Well, that's a real nice compliment. <laughs> it's um... If you knew the story behind it, which I will tell you, it, it's amazing that it was the uh, the theme in the first place. Yes, I, I mean I know I know some things about it. I'm sure there's there's lots that that no one's ever heard, and there's there's things extra that even people who think they know there's probably way more. Um, I mean, the thing one of the main things I do know is that it wasn't written as the theme tune originally. No, it wasn't actually. So you. you Shall I go ahead and tell you? Please do, yes. Well, the funny thing was, after Dennis uh, and John Thor had finished The Sweeney, well, uh, that had been an extremely popular show, and uh, Dennis wanted to do an album of his own uh, of his own stuff and other people's stuff, and uh, because of that, uh, his manager, D. Garland, who happened to be my manager... I took Dennis to uh, EMI, and they said, okay, you could do an album. We'd like to see what happens. So they recorded an album, and uh, they picked one of the songs from the album to be uh, the single. Those are the days we had 45s mm-hmm. as a single. Yeah. And uh, they had pressed it, and they were ready to go. And the only thing they hadn't remembered was that, well, on a 45, you need a B-side. Well, then uh, I was called by the office uh, from Deke's office, and they said, "Look, listen, we got a problem. We don't have a B-side for this uh, for Dennis's song. So could you maybe come up with something in a little little tune and go over to Dennis and uh, see if you could come together with something?" Well, I remember that I went over to Dennis's house, and in about twenty-five minutes, 
case. I mean, uh, I thought if EMI was going to do it, well, okay, maybe we can get them to pay for some a really cool sort of uh, horns, you know, a nice really uh, tower of power horn type sound. And I knew that Dennis sang a little bit like uh, Joe Cocker. So maybe we could do a Joe Cocker style song. And uh, I went over to his house in about 25 minutes. We came up with this little idea. I, I had written something at home, and it, I could be so good for you. And uh, we had fun doing it. In about 25 minutes, we had it finished. And that following week, we went into the studio, and I think it was only two or three takes. And the wonderful thing about that track, if you listen to it, it's so happy because it wasn't that much of a that big of a deal. It was just a B-side. It was just fun. Mm. So we all had a lot of fun just doing it. And uh, once they finished that, uh, uh, that was it, and that was the B-side. But the thing is, Dennis had not had the Minder yet. That was six months later that the Minder came up from Houston Films. And, uh, well, here they are six months later with this idea of the Minder, because Dennis's album didn't do well, and the single didn't do well, and everything was sort of pear-shaped and didn't happen. Uh but here comes this thing, the minder. And uh, they said, well, have you got, you know, anything, uh, maybe let's hear your album or whatever. Let's hear something. Maybe we can get a theme tune out of it. So they called EMI and they asked them to send over everything. So they sent over the album to Houston Films. They listened to the album. They didn't find anything there that they liked. And they sent over the single. And uh, there was a God in his heaven for some reason. Because they turned over the A side to the B side. And they listened to the B side and said, Oh my God, that's it. That's the one. Well, when they called me and said, You know, it's going to be the theme of a show, I said, What? The B side? You've got to be kidding me. And uh, that was taken as the B side. And it came out. And um, what they had to do, they, they played it uh, when the show came out. And um, it, it took, I think, Deacon on talking to EMI saying, listen, I think we could get some, some kind of a hit out of this if you would if you would help an advert, you know, pay for an advert for the theme. And so EMI took, took uh, time to do an advert for the theme after the show. And in a week later, the, um, the song went to number three. And... Uh, I was just absolutely amazed, and uh, I had been in Japan at the time, and they said, guess what? Your song is number three in, in, in England. I said, that's incredible. Well, eventually you, uh, uh, it came in, and that went three, and then they went down and went back up to number three. And that April, I won the, the Ivan Neville Award for it as the best uh, the best theme for, for a television show uh, in, uh, in Great Britain. And that, to me, was just an amazing thing. And the following year, I won um, the British uh, TV and Radio Award, which is what uh, I got it from Princess Margaret, which is the best composer in uh, in Great Britain as well. So you never know what's going to be on the vice B side. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you? Obviously, the the version that people hear on the show is is an edited version, which works really well with the the actual intro of the images of the show 
But yes, it's very different. That was Chris Neal. That was Chris Neal that uh, that went in and and, uh, and and did that to the to the uh, track. So were you, you quite pleased with? He was the the producer, Chris Neal. Yes, because it re- it retains the song, but it's if you well, obviously when people hear the full song, it's quite different. It actually goes on in a different, almost a different tone to the to what you see as the TV theme. So yeah. It's like you can do, and I've heard your your actual piano version with you singing as well. And oh, you did, yeah. yeah. And I, I was astounded. Was that one? Was that the one that we called the Chilled Minder? I think it was, yes. The slow version. Yes, and your yeah, sort of a Chardier version we did of it. Yes, just just for fun. But it's incredible how the, this song that you picture and hear in a certain way can sound. So completely different, yet still be your exact same song. It's is that yes. just, is that a musician's ability to turn in something different, or was that particular song something different? Well, uh, the people that wanted to do that um, uh, like like the song, and they wanted sort of a jazzy version of it. They thought that that could be a nice jazzy version. And uh, I said, yeah, well, the minder could do that. Uh, we could just do that sort of like with, with brushes on the uh, on the drum and uh, sort of a stand-up bass. And we did sort of that, that sort of Sade version. Mm. And it worked really well. Yeah. And it appears as if did you... Have, did you ever see the, uh, um, uh, the video of that that we did? You could see that on uh, 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 YouTube, I think it is. And uh, it's an extremely funny thing that we were taking the mickey out of it you know i've seen yes it's uh, got it's got dennis in that video hasn't it with the women and everything. Yeah, yeah that video is taking place in my dining room ah <laughs> here in hartfield yes <laughs> yeah so you clearly still are you still in touch with dennis now is it something you've stayed uh, in touch? I, you, I haven't seen dennis in such a long time i've not been well i've had an awful lot of things that have happened to me this year in really sort of an annuous uh, horribleus i've had uh I've had a heart attack and I've had a broken hip and uh, if you could believe this, I uh, six weeks ago I fell. You know that expression, mind the gap. Yeah. Well, we got to uh, Clapham Junction and I there were so many people getting off the train and they pushed me and they pushed me and, and I fell between the gap and uh, of the train uh, and and the the uh, platform and I had a, I've had a, I've got this thing on my leg for a broken uh, a broken ankle. And so that's that's going to be finished in about uh, two weeks. I'll be able to get back to to walking around in normal shoes. But it's been tough, a very tough year for me. Wow. Yeah. But you, st- you still look good and um, retain your charm. It's uh, oh, well, very yeah. clear. <laughs> <laughs> A brief musical interlude now, given the subject quite appropriate. Here is the other song on the single that we've been speaking about by Dennis Waterman, released in 1979. The song is called Nothing At All. This song was also on the album So Good For You, which was released in 1980, with the single being released in 1979. But Dennis had also released two previous solo albums, and they're actually really good, and people should go back and check them out. He did three altogether. So it's interesting that when he found success with singing, which I think was one of his preferred, if not the preferred career, 
he really kind of stopped singing and went back to acting. Anyway, here is Dennis Waterman and nothing at all. I love you Drank the last of my summer wine Took your shadows from my wall, babe Took everything I thought was mine And there's nothing, no nothing, no nothing Left at all, babe No, there's nothing Nothing at all No more holidays in Big Bear No more Vegas for a day or two No more knowing that you'd be there No more silent nights with you Empty spaces on my wall right now Empty bottles on my floor Empty questions like why and how Empty places at my door No, there's nothing, no nothing, no nothing Left at all, babe Nothing at all Flowers dying Through lack of care Same old song For the last three days Just me wishing That you were there Same old vodka Looking haze and there's nothing, no nothing, no nothing left at all, babe. There's nothing, nothing at all. Nothing at all. the original uh, meeting I remember um, am I right that you met Dennis originally in a birthday party of his yes I did uh, I had come back from uh, playing on the port in San Tropez and in the, in, the, in, in the place that I was playing was an, uh, an English band uh, uh, that they said you know if you ever come to England give us some give us a hello so they left that telephone number with me and when I got to England from France, I called them up and say, "What's you know? Hi, I'm here. I'd like to meet you. Uh, meet up for you know, have some fun." So I called them up and they said, "Well, we're going to a birthday party uh, in this place." And they sent me a thing. I thought I thought it was Chiswick. <laughs> we were going to. I said, "Okay, well, we're going to Chiswick." And uh, I went to the party, and it was a party for Dennis Waterman's birthday. And his manager was there, and everybody. 
And of course, we all wanted to jam. So uh, I got on the piano and started to play. And uh, his manager came up and said, hey, are those, are those your songs? And, oh, are you looking for some kind of a deal? And I said, yeah. So uh, that's how I got the deal with RCA that did New York and all those songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, from then on, that was Dennis's uh, thing. So we were all with the Dee Garland family. And uh, I gave stuff to, to Dennis to sing and that's how it all started, yeah. So he's kind of been serendipitous for you because with the, the B-side accidentally becoming the theme tune and then winning awards and things, and also just your original career took a, a strange turn through something to do with him. So Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. And then, uh, then the funny thing was that the, my album, uh, that New York, New York was on, came, came in. It was pretty good. It was going top 20. And... Uh, my friend from New York, Barry Manilow, came over and invited me over to say hello. And uh, I told him I have an album. I gave him a copy of the album. And when he heard uh, Made It Through the Rain, he called me and said, listen, could I, could I do a version of that? And I said, sure, go ahead. God help you. <laughs> and that did pretty well, too. So did, so with Barry Manilow, the fact that you've written that song for him effectively, or so people may think, is he, you already knew him from New York before you even became more famous, is that right? Well, I, I knew him from uh, from New York because we used to do, uh, you know, it, uh, all the songwriters used to know each other. So, uh, yeah, it, it, he he knew me and I knew him and he uh, a lot of the guys that were in his band I knew. So this happened where, where he listened to it and he said, uh, because it was like a, a, a musician, the original uh, Made It Through the Rain is about a musician. And uh, he thought that uh, he wanted to be a dreamer. So he just added, uh, we dreamers have always. And uh, it did pretty well. I think it went to number five in America. Mm. And it went to uh, number one in 40 other gu- 47 other countries. Just amazing. I'll tell you, that song, uh, I was playing on the Queen Mary of uh, doing a, a world uh, cruise. And it stopped off in Cairo, and my wife and I uh, were going to be uh, going around to see the, the Sphinx and all that kind of stuff. So we had to wait for a, a time to go out, and we we went into the Radisson Hotel to go into the bar. And uh, we got into the lift, and it was playing background music. It was playing my I Made It Through the Rain. <laughs> I thought, that's it. it. That's a hit. Because it, it, if it's in Cairo... My God, it must be amazing. It must be a hit. <laughs> yeah, worldwide notoriety. So going to when you wrote the original song with Dennis, you say it was 25 minutes. So, I mean, I know he's credited. It's credited on the, the end of the show with music by yourself and lyrics by Dennis. Did you... Well, actually, it's credited uh, Kenny and Waterman. Yeah. So, actually, if you read the, the uh, music... Uh, uh, it says Pat Waterman, uh, who was Dennis's wife at the time, because Dennis had, uh, Dennis was still, uh, uh, his music still was with, with Dick James. So to get around uh, the fact that uh, it was Dick James, they put Pat Waterman's name down, who was his wife, and that's how they, they kept it from going to Dick James. I see. But how did you two work together then? Was it Was it fairly... Was it a collaboration, or did you just give him the music and he provided the lyrics? Or well, I had the idea for the title, 
And I said, I, I thought it, I thought it should be this uh, sort of funky, sort of I could be so good to you type thing, and all the aspects of of that. What that? What does that mean? You know, uh, I could be, I could be so good to you. I, you know, I could, uh, you know, you know, I'll give you a conversation. You know, and uh, I'll, I'll try. You know, it was, it was sort of a, kind of a thing where it's like, well, what's the kind of uh, rap you could give a girl and, and say, uh, you know. Um, I'll be good for you. I won't be just, you know, talking to you. I'll be trying to take care of you. Mm. You know, I'll be good for you. And uh, that sort of, out of that, we just threw around a lot of ideas. And that's how the lyric came. And uh, that's how we did it. Yeah. So it's interesting how that happened, because in the end, it has this, this really clear connotation that it's as a minder, which is obviously not how you intended it originally. But it's interesting how something can work in a different context like that. And then people see this long-term as being specifically about his character in the show. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, the link that we had where it went, that, that day is boarding because we needed a link and we didn't have it. And I thought, oh, what the heck? Come on, come up with something that uh, that'll go from one verse to the next verse. And I thought, okay, and I started, it was like, how about this? And that's a, that's to an augmented chord, a G augmented, and that brings you right back to the one. Yeah. So I said, yeah, okay, that'll work. <laughs> so it was wonderful. And, uh, you know, when it, when it goes, it goes. And that's, that's what happened. Really good. So it was spontaneous and just it was a feel kind of thing that just turned out suitable. In a different That's way. That's the thing. It really was spontaneous, yes. Wow. So how did you, what did you make of it when it, obviously doing well in the charts was what you'd hope for any single or any tune, but when it was on the TV, did you see the show originally and and kind of, did you ever imagine your music might be on TV show or was it a strange feeling when you saw it on this particular show? Well, it was a wonderful thing because I hadn't seen what the show was going to be, and uh, it became an incredibly hip show. Uh, the the way that uh, you know Dennis and and George Cole, who was truly an amazing guy, and uh, Arthur Daly became such a wonderful character that everybody uh, it, it was just a wonderful character that uh, that he portrayed. And uh, it, it worked out, everything just worked out right, with Dennis being Dennis and George Cole being George. And it just, uh, you know, when, it's, when it works, it works. That's where it is. Do you have any memories of, of George Cole that, that you can recall? or did you He, spend he any was time? the nicest man you ever met. He, uh, he had no ego problem or anything. Like when, I, when I first met him, it was just... Oh, yeah, I love the song, this and that. He was just an ex extremely nice man. Very, very nice man. And how would you describe Dennis? Oh, Dennis was Dennis. <laughs> Dennis is a real character. And Dennis had been on television in England for so many years uh, that he, uh, so funny that he, it was all just so easy for him to, um, to act his part because, uh, he had been, what was that, Just William, the very first one he did years yeah. ago? And yes. 
all that. So he, he was just very, very, very gentle. You know, I mean, I remember we went out and we did a we did a tour uh, with Dennis Water and myself and Sheena Easton, and uh, they all wanted Dennis had been portrayed as being you know this fighter, yeah, on the minder. And in the bar, we were in Scotland, and these guys in the bar wanted to duke it out with Dennis. It's like, hey, look, it's a TV show, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the way I am. It was great. It was really, really great. So was he good at getting himself out of trouble in a different way? Well, the whole life? band was there, so we, we were like, okay, guys, you know, we brought them all around the drinks, and that seemed to help everybody out, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because he's obviously, you know, I mean, would you compare him? Clearly not by what you're saying. I was One of my questions was, how much like Terry Mechanic was he or is he? But probably, you know, there's a gentle side to Terry's character. So Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there is. You're right. And is that more like the real Dennis? That is more like the real Dennis, yeah. Because uh, although he is there throwing punches in, in, in the scripts, uh, there is a much gentle cider to him, and Dennis wasn't, you know, wasn't trying to fight people ever. Yeah. <laughs> as I remember. We were filming on the location. Suddenly I heard the minor thing. And I thought, oh, if somebody's put it on the jukebox. Da-da-da-da-da. Hello? He's got it on his phone. So good That's when you know you've cracked. Good for you. I could be so 
So good for. 